Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, before we do anything, the most pressing issue of the day is to thank every single American veteran out there who has served this country and put your butts on the line so that we can sit here and live in the most prosperous country on earth on this Veterans Day, a sincere, heartfelt, from me, from Joe, from Guy, from Jim, from Mike, from Paula, from everyone part of this show, if you have served in this military and really risked your life for hours so we could sit here and live peacefully in this place we call the United States, thank you so much for your service. God bless America and all those who defend her. So a round of applause for you all at the beginning the of the show. Of thank you so much. Yeah. And I know, well, I know that matters to you as much as anyone. So uh, that, for, we don't even open our mouths till we say that. So thank you all very much. All right, loaded show for you today. On Friday, I've got that. I'm going to address the Trump DeSantis feud. Been getting a ton of questions on it. I always like to let things kind of settle a little bit. You know that. I'm sure it costs me some listens and some views when I don't jump on Twitter and give the quickest hot take for everything. Um, I choose not to do that. I choose to kind of read it, go over it, analyze it, and give you sound, sane, not crazy analysis. So that's why we'll get to that. We'll get to a ton of stuff too. And I'll ask the question. Who would you rather be today, the Democrats or Republicans? I think it'll pull a lot of people off the edge who are like nearly suicidal about this. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Tired of being spied on by big tech and the government? We'll get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. As I said, welcome to the Dan Bongino show on this Friday. That's an important question. Who would you rather be right now? I think, again, it'll put you all at ease that this was not a terrible week. It was a good week, a decent week, not a great week. You'll see. We'll go through the evidence. All right, today's show brought to you by Relief Band. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I went through a nasty bout of chemo. Chemo sucks. I uh, give it three thumbs, uh, three thumbs down, maybe four, possibly seven. But my Relief Band got me through it. This is my actual Relief Band. What is it? Check it out, Relief Band. ReliefBand.com, use our promo code Bongino. They have a new sport version, two of it right here. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemo, and so much more. The Relief Band Sport, make sure you never have to take your Relief Band off. It's the first ever waterproof wearable of its kind. It's rechargeable, lasts about 30 hours on a full charge. Have an Apple or Samsung watch? The Relief Band Sport can seamlessly attach to either product, so you don't need to choose between wearing your Relief Band or wearing your smartwatch. Folks, I got through my chemo. I wouldn't have got through it without the Relief Band. It's just a fact. If you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band and the new sport version. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't wait. Go to ReliefBand, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com. Use promo code Bongino for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, Joseph, it's Friday, so it's Friday. Man, that sounds good. I yeah. am looking forward to this weekend like you have no idea. This oh. was, am I crazy, guys, or this week feel like it was like seven weeks, seven, eight weeks yeah. clogged into one? Uh, yeah. Uh, seriously, something happened to me and Paula on uh, Sunday, nothing not major, but some. And I said to her last night, I'm like, isn't this crazy? Doesn't it feel like that happened like 10 years ago? <laughs> it's so nuts. Very long. So again, week. I'll dress the. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I will address the Trump DeSantis situation coming up in questions for Dan because it's one of the questions. And at least five, six hundred people have emailed me or sent me Facebook messages, including friends. When are you going to talk about this? Today. 
But first, for all those people out there who thought, you know, election night was the equivalent of the meteor wiping out the dinosaurs. It was so bad for the Republicans. Listen, you know me, man. I'm willing to call them out on either side. I'm telling you, who would you rather be, a blue donkey or a red elephant? Well, let's provide some evidence. Evidence matter. Facts matter, right? Okay. Just a news article. Aaron Kliegman. Need it yourself. It's in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to subscribe, it's free. The numbers speak for themselves. Red wave after all? Question mark. GOP winning the popular vote by a wide margin despite incongruous results. Millions more Americans voted for Republicans and Democrats in House races. So why didn't the GOP win more seats? It makes sense. It makes sense if you think it through. A lot of swingy districts that had a lot of Democrats in them, swing districts, meaning, I mean, let's just use simple math, 50-50 Republican-Democrat districts. Every congressional district in the country has around 700,000 people. Let's just say for simple math, there are 600,000 registered voters, 300 are Democrats, 300,000 are Republicans. In a lot of those swingy districts, Democrats won. In other districts, swingy districts, Republicans won or were close. So here's the thing. The Republican-leaning districts that are like, say, 600,000 registered voters are like 400 Republican and 200 Democrat. Republicans cleaned up. Now, is that great news? No. But it's really good news because, ladies and gentlemen, in the national House vote, we lose it a lot. The fact that we are up right now, 50.6 million House votes to 44.8 million says to me that the best day the Democrats are ever going to have is yesterday. I have this action. This is the next segment. The best day the Democrats are going to have is yesterday. How well do you think that bodes for the presidential election coming up? That in House races, we're up by almost 6 million votes. That's a big deal. It sounds to me, was it the red wave? No, no, no. Was it the deep impact apocalypse for us? No. Here's what's going on right now in the media. And I'm really, honestly, folks, astonished. How many times I warned people about red wave talk and all this other stuff. I'm astonished how many people are falling into the media trap of trying to demoralize you. Again, which side do you want to be on right now? The side that won 50.6 million votes or the side that won 44.8? It seems pretty simple to me. We are going to take control of the house. It's going to be by a pretty slim margin. My guess is about 225, maybe 226. You need 218 for a majority. But I've already told you, even slim majorities have their benefits because it empowers the conservative caucus. Was there a red wave? wave? No, but I sure as hell would have rather been a Republican on Tuesday night than a Democrat. Here, again, they're trying to demoralize you. They're trying to get you to believe that this is some kind of... uh, The Trump era was a Pyrrhic victory. Like, look, you guys got Trump in there and you destroyed the Republican Party and it's all over. That's the narrative. Don't fall for it. If Tuesday night was so great for the Democrats, then why are all media outlets on the left, some of them, when they're not trying to pitch the holy Moses, the Republicans suck narrative, once in a while the truth actually seeps out. So why is CNN and some of their commentators panicking over Latino votes in the GOP if Tuesday night was this awesome night for Democrats. Here, listen for yourself. Nationally, if you look at exit polls, 
uh, support for Democrats among Latinos is down nearly 10 percent right. from where it was in 2018, <clears throat> and specifically among Latino men, an 11 point bump for Republicans. So the concern, I if the, I could, the, the concern quickly isn't just that this is happening broadly across the map. It's who it's happening with. It's not just Cuban-Americans in South Florida. Right. Demographic, I know very well. Uh, it's with Puerto Ricans. <clears throat> it's with Colombians. It's with Central Americans. And it's not just for candidates like Ron DeSantis. It's for a slew of different Republicans. Uh, again, folks, at CNN. They're in this weird place right now where they're trying to warn off Democrats about problems coming up in the future. Uh, popular vote, Latino voters, Republicans going to take the House, may take the Senate, won back a couple of governorships, while at the same time trying to tell you how great the Democrats did to demoralize you for 2024. Please tell me you understand that. There are two things they're trying to do. Sound the alarm to gin up a Democrat response, uh, Latino voters, while at the same time demoralizing Republicans. Don't fall for it. Here, again, if, if the Democrats did so unbelievably well on election night, then how come one of the craziest papers in the country, the Sun Sentinel, down near the Fort Lauderdale area of Florida, how come they're losing their minds calling Florida a, quote, crimson hellscape after the election? Here, Newsmax <laughs> covered it. Dude, dude, this is real. Read the article yourself. Again, it's in the newsletter. Read the article yourself. So it was such a great night for the Democrats. And we should all be crying and peeing in our diapers right now as Republicans. So much so that one of the most liberal papers in South, South Florida is crying and moaning and wetting their diapers about the crimson hellscape. Does that make sense to you? Folks, one of the most blue areas in the country. Listen, nobody knows Florida, Maryland, and uh, New York politics as well as I do. You may know as much, but I'm, I live this stuff. Ran in Maryland. Ran in Florida, grew up in New York. It helps. It's a deep blue state, a deeper blue state, in my opinion, in Maryland. And in what used to be a swing state, I ran in and I, I've seen the transformation. I saw the Giuliani transformation in New York, and I've seen the transformation over my seven plus years here in Florida from a swing state to a blood red state. Folks, if it was such a great night for Democrats, why is Martha McCallum on Fox News talking about the red wave in New York? So there was a red wave in North Carolina, red wave in Florida, red wave in Georgia, a red wave in deep blue New York. And yet we're supposed to be the ones again, wetting our diapers, getting changed by mommy. How does that make sense? Here, listen for yourself. Here's Fox. I'm talking about the red wave up in deep blue New York. Listen. So there was definitely a red wave, as Chad is talking about, in one of the places where you would at least expect to find it in deep blue New York. So what's going on here? Look at this. Four House districts flipped red, two of them on Long Island. Republican George Santos won his district where President Biden had won by 10 points just two years ago. Anthony Desposito flipped his seat that was held by Democrats since 1997. <laughs> so we flipped the seat Biden won by 10 and a seat that's been Democrats since 1997 in deep blue New York. We won in upstate New York. We flipped some districts up there. I don't, I don't again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting on a Friday here. Why we're all supposed to be so depressed. I, I, I really, I genuinely, I'm not messing with you folks. I'm not playing games. I'm genuinely confused why we're the, supposed to be the ones upset. Won the house, stand a good chance of winning the Senate, flipped two governor's seats, won the state Supreme court in North Carolina. And we're all supposed to be whining. Okay. Okay. I guess if you don't follow the news, 
Again, whose side would you rather be on? Would you rather be a New York Democrat today or a New York Republican, a Florida Democrat or a Florida Republican? Would you rather be a school board candidate who's a liberal right now or a school board candidate who's a conservative? Because the radical, far-left, communist-leaning New Yorker seems to be really concerned about liberal school board candidates. So again, whose side would you rather be on? Here's a New Yorker. Candidates who railed against teachers' unions and critical race theory. That sounds like us. Fared depressingly well. Oh, they did. In yesterday's superintendent and school board races, Jessica Winter writes. Thanks, Jessica Winter. Whose side would you rather be on? The conservatives who fought critical racism theory and sexual indoctrination in schools who fared, quote, depressingly well, according to the Lib New Yorker? Oh, well, he's like, I'm not depressed. I'm not Joe. Are you depressed? I'm not depressed. No, I'm not depressed at all. I'm feeling pretty damn good. The New Yorkers, they're devastated about this. And we're, we're again, we're supposed to be whining. I still have people email me falling right into this liberal trap. This is such a setup. Like, ah, stop spinning. Is it spinning? What? Spinning what? It, it, I'm just citing to you evidence. Now, there was some bad stuff I'll get to later. It happened. Michigan was a disaster. We'll talk about that later. But here's some more good news. Folks, we need 270 electoral votes to win the presidency. The Electoral College is determined by the number of congressmen in each state, plus your two senators. Florida is 30. I think Ohio is 17 or so. Texas, I think, is 40 now. The path to 270 requires us to clean up elections in enough states that have 270 electoral votes. I get this a lot. Damn, we're never going to win. They cheat in New York. Yeah, well, they didn't cheat in New York enough. Again, I got people tell this is kind of where I get confused. The fact that there's cheating in voting is axiomatic. You're correct. I don't, I'm not arguing with you. I don't know why people send me that as if it's an argument. It's like you arguing with me over my name being Dan Bongino. I, I, I agree. But clearly, they're not cheating hard enough to win. So your vote must matter. So they cheated and elected Republicans on Long Island. <laughs> Again, folks, cheating waters down your vote. It doesn't nullify your vote. Does that make me happy to tell you that, that there's cheating that, null that, uh, that waters down your vote? No, it doesn't nullify your vote. We win. We still win. Now, the answer to that is to clean up the damn cheating. And immediately, if we can get enough, we don't, it'd be great to clean up all 50 states voting, but the chances of doing that in California and New York are nil. There isn't a single Democrat in California or New York that wouldn't prefer ballot harvesting, ballot boxes, and easy-to-cheat methods. There isn't. There's not a single one. But, folks, if we can get to 270 electoral votes in enough states that have clean, sound election processes like Florida, we are in awesome shape. And the best day the Democrats are ever going to have is Tuesday. Here, Daily Wire article. Read this one. Florida gets voting results fast. We do. We do it right down here. Here's how it's done. You're going to laugh, folks. You think this is complicated? This is like the simplest thing ever. Some of the reasons Florida promptly and swiftly calibrated the results of elections is they process mail ballots three weeks before the election. Wow. That's really hard, Joe. People send a ballot in three weeks before. You have three weeks to count it. There's Dan's <laughs> ballot. As opposed to states like Pennsylvania, which is a total train wreck. 
which only permits counting those ballots on election day. Probably the single most idiotic election procedure anywhere on the globe. The state haven't counted mail ballots for years, so the process is familiar to Florida. And domestic mail ballots in Florida have a deadline of 7 p.m. on election day. They're disqualified if they arrive after that. As opposed to other states where ballots can be considered legitimate if they're received up to a week after the election. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Down here in Florida, you get a notification in the mail, a postcard. Here's your election day. It tells you how to vote. You get sample ballots. If you request a ballot by mail, you know how hard it is, Joe? You go to the Florida, uh, whatever your county board of elections is, and they have a box. And you know what it says? Huh? Click to vote by mail. It's really hard, folks. Holy cow. It's really hard. Uh, it's amazing. And then they ask you insane things like, what's your driver's license? Oh, my God. I'll never. Where would I find that? I don't know. Where would I? Gee, you have any idea where I would find a driver's license number? He doesn't know either. No, we're all confused. It's, yes, good point. He says it's totally racist, Joe. Totally racist. <laughs> I mean, you're, Joe, you're like Scottish or something, right? I'm Italian. He's Portuguese. It's definitely racist to answer all those oh, yeah. groups because none of us can figure it out. And then you know what happens after you put your driver's license somewhere? It's the craziest thing. If you, if you're, if you can figure it out, because we're all too stupid, you get a ballot in the mail and you put a stamp on it and you send it back. It's so hard. And then even crazier, you can actually go to the County Board of Elections and it says, we received your ballot and we're processing it. It's so hard. Golly, a man. It's so hard. The good news is once we clean up 270 electoral votes worth of states, the Democrats are not going to be able to cheat like they have in the past. They're not. I spoke with Carrie Lake yesterday on my radio show. I'm going to get to that. In a second. And I asked her this specific question. Looks like she's going to win the gubernatorial race in New York. So I said to her specifically and passionately, please, in the name of all that's good, are you going to clean this mess up in Arizona? If we clean up Florida, which we did, Georgia, which we did, Ohio, which we're working on, you clean up uh, Arizona, they're losing ground to cheat in, folks. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my... Uh, my first sponsor uh, first. But yeah, Carrie Lake was unequivocal in her response. Don't miss that coming up. Folks, omaxhealth.com, promo code Dan. For what? Well, if you're experiencing joint pain, inflammation, like me, or a lack of concentration, chances are you could be deficient in omega-3 levels. You probably are. You know, I struggle with really bad joint pain. Paul and I have been taking Omax-3 for years. Why? Because the omega-3 fatty acids are critical to your health and are clinically shown to help improve joints, mood, mind, and help support heart health. Many of the top fish oils simply do not contain enough omega-3s for you to feel a difference. And Aromax 3, the only game-changing omega-3 that's totally pure and concentrated with a special formula that's clinically tested and sustainably sourced to help fight unwanted joint discomfort and inflammation. It just works. I have really bad arthritis. Omax is so, conf- Omax is so confident in this product that it works. They're offering my listeners 25% off a 30-day supply of Omax 3. Plus, free shipping and the 60-day money-back guarantee. Can't beat that. Go to OMAX, O-M-A-X, OMAXHealth.com and enter code DAN to take advantage of these incredible savings. You've heard the hype. Now you can try the Omega-3 I use at 25% off. Go to OMAXHealth.com and enter code DAN, OMAXHealth.com, enter code DAN. These statements and products have not been evaluated, uh, have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you, OMAX Health. We appreciate you being part of the show. 
If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Here it is. Here's a great answer by Kerry Lake. And why, again, I am so extremely optimistic that I would rather be a red elephant right now than a blue donkey because the best day the Democrats ever going to have is the crap day they had on Tuesday. Carrie Lake's about to clean up this mess in Arizona. Here, listen for yourself. All right, I'm very pleased to welcome to the show the GOP nominee for governor in the state of Arizona, locked in an airtight race with the Secretary of State, uh, Katie Hobbs, right now. Carrie Lake, Carrie, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Well, that's what they want you to believe, Dan, that we're locked in the airtight race. The fact of the matter is they just haven't counted the ballot. When they do, there's not going to be anything airtight about it. Yeah, that kind of pisses me off. Uh, are we in the third world? Now, if you're going to be the governor, which seems likely at this point of Arizona, can you please do me a favor and commit to this on the show? Because I've had kind of enough of this BS. I'm done. I ran for office. My time's over. It's your time now. Can you please... Yeah. In the name of God, and I'm not using his name in vain, get on the phone with Ron DeSantis and figure the freaking system out. This isn't North Korea, <laughs> Carrie Lake. I know you're tired of it, too, because you're being dragged through the mud with this process. This is bolt, man. Uh, can you clean yep. this thing up when you're the governor, please? Absolutely. Yeah, they stole both of our victory nights. I mean, which is okay. That's that's nothing. That what's what's really offensive is the disrespect they have for the people of this state to treat us this oh, way yeah. when it comes to our elections. And on day one, you know, I've already said it, we're, de we're issuing a declaration of invasion and we are going to start a special special session with the legislature to restore honesty to our elections. We are not going to drag oh, these things out God. for days on end. This is outrageous no. what's happening. We're the butt of jokes. And worse than that. It's offensive to the people of this state. We deserve better. We shouldn't have election season. We need to get back to election day. All right. Again, we're supposed to all be crying and moaning. You want to be Carrie Lake right now or you want to be Katie Hobbs? These ballots coming in in this embarrassing Arizona process are breaking mostly Carrie Lake's way. You want to be her or you want to be Katie Hobbs? I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be Blake Masters and not Carrie Lake. Masters has a little bit uh, bigger of a hill to climb right now. But Carrie Lake will likely be the next governor of Arizona. Then they clean up Arizona. The Democrats are running out of places to destroy the election system process, folks. You know, you know the stupid adage, I don't have to outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. It's true. You don't have to have every single state with voter ID and, 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 uh, and, and, and Republican-led initiatives for voter integrity. I wish we did. I pray we do. Libs aren't going to go along. You get 270, 290, 320 on board and cheat all they want. They're just going to get blue states bluer. And that didn't even work. Again, if their cheating is definitive, why did we win things in New York? Yeah, but we lost the governorship. Yes. Yes, we did in a close race. Folks, I got to be honest with you. It's hard to lose Queens, the borough I grew up in, which used to be 
blood red Republican when I grew up. Queens is one of the five boroughs in New York. It's hard to lose Queens and win a statewide election. It's, it's hard to lose the Bronx by, you know, 20 and 30 points and win a statewide election. It's just hard. Zeldin had a tough road to help. But let me get to part two of this show, which is a critical part. By the way, just a quick note. My buddy Dan Rooney is on Fox right now from Folds of Honor. I was wearing their shirt yesterday. This is a We the People shirt today. But it is a great charity, uh, really. Folds of Honor. I wear their shirts a lot. They do scholarships for on this Veterans Day. It's probably, he's on Fox right now. Maybe think of it. I'm sorry to kind of break the show momentum, but it's important. Uh, Dan Rooney runs an amazing charity, Folds of Honor. And I strongly, strongly encourage you uh, to check it out. They provide scholarships to the, uh, the children of heroes who gave their lives. So just a note, they are a sponsor of the show too, but that's just from me. That's not a paid ad or anything like that. Okay, so important, our veterans. You, you will always have a home on this show, always. So uh, back to the point I, was, uh, I started at the beginning of the show with. I would rather be right now a red elephant than a blue donkey because I'm convinced the best day in the foreseeable future the Democrats had is on Tuesday. It's, on, it's it. That was the best day they're going to have. And that's why they're so eager right now to kind of sound the alarm to Democrats, oh, the Latino vote, while simultaneously demoralizing Republicans. They're worried. I'm not. They are. Let's provide the evidence there, too. Folks, they made abortion a big issue. And for us to ignore that is just silly. We are doing a terrible job messaging the protection of human life in the womb. We just are. I don't know any other way to say it. Well, what's your suggestion? My suggestion is we stop ducking the issue and take it head on. That life is valuable. That life is valuable at all stages of life. And when, you, when people start to ask you questions, learn to talk about the issue. When people ask, you know, the rape and incest question, stop ducking it. Stop ducking it and looking like a deer in headlights. Of course, that's an, an unbelievable, unimaginable human tragedy. Does that, I mean, it's not hard to say any of that. That results in a crisis pregnancy. But there's another life involved now that is innocent, that had nothing to do with that tragedy, that crime, that abhorrent action taken against another uh, innocent woman. There's another life involved. And yes, that is a living being. We have ultrasound now. We have imagery. Why do you think the left fears ultrasound so much? Can't, it's not a clump of cells. You can't argue that anymore. Stop running from this. It's uh, this fear we have of talking about abortion that's, that's, that makes us look weak. I'm proud to be the party of defending life. Why do I say this with relationship to the abortion issue? Because the Democrats have gone crazy. They've gone crazy. They want abortion at any stage of the pregnancy. And folks, they push ballot referendums in this election cycle on abortion that made it to the ballot. Why? They wanted radical pro-abortion people to show up at the polls and elect Democrats. So they put a, you get what I'm saying? In a bunch of states, they put pro-abortion referendums on the ballot. Folks, we even lost in Montana, Fox News. Montana's shamed as residents vote no on a measure to protect babies after they're born. That lost. 52% of people in Montana Voted that if a baby's born alive, Joe, let him die. Mm. As painful as that is to hear for residents of Montana, that's what happened. Clearly, the, the conservatives in Montana are not doing a good enough job. And listen, I don't want to, I'm not going to talk anymore about the language. I'm really sorry. 
This is getting old, this argument. Oh, the language was weird and confusing. Folks, I'm, th- I'm throwing the BS flag right here. It is your job and responsibility when it comes to protecting human life, your job to figure out what voting yes or no means. I'm tired of it. it, was, it we, the same argument, Gee, you remember in Kansas, uh, the language was confusing. I get it. And I even did a show on that. But you know what? I'm done with that now. Now we know the, the pro-abortion crowd loves confusing language. Just go to your local GOP club and ask them, how do I protect life? Yes or no? There, there has to be more accountability here. Yeah, not, enough of this. I was confused. What, what does this have to do with their best day being Tuesday? Folks, they already pushed the referendum. They won in five of those states. They're, they're, what are you going to do? Push the same referendum again? You get what I'm saying? The pro-abortion crowd, although they're still going to use the issue, what are they going to say in the next election? Come out and vote and save abortion in Montana? Wait, wait, you guys just said that. It's done. It sucks, but it's done. The best day they had was on Tuesday. Here's another one. Folks, inflation's going to continue to get worse. They're like, oh, the CPI number came in a little lower at 7.7. 7.7? Folks, 7.7 means that every, uh, every 10 years, the prices double in this country. 7.7. Every 10 years, double the prices. You think that's a good thing? I'm going to get to some of that in a second. Let me get to my next sponsor. I'm telling you, their best day was on Tuesday. Smile a little bit. Folks, right about now, seasonal excitement or dread is really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Slaying through traffic to the post office, inbox more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland. Well, rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients, uh, you don't want to do that. Don't rush. It's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Even save money with major discounts on USPS and UPS shipping rates up to 86% off. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Start with promo code DAN for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go today. Go to Stamps.com. Do us a favor, click on that microphone at the top of the page and enter code DAN, D-A-N. Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter code DAN. Thanks, Stamps.com. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Folks, folks, inflation's going to get worse. I want you to keep in mind very simple numbers. We don't need to overcomplicate this. It's going to get worse, which means, again, the best day for the Democrats was on Tuesday. CPI annualized just came in yesterday at 7.7. Prices went up 7.7%. Ladies and gentlemen, there is, this is only going to get worse. If you're not getting a raise year over year, Above 7 or 8%. You understand every year you're getting poorer? 
Oh, look, mom, I got a 4% raise. Honey, that's great. No, you didn't. You got a negative 4% raise because your money is buying 8% less. <laughs> Do you, I'm not, I'm, there are, folks, I'm not, I don't mean to sound condescending, but you have to understand there are liberals listening who are still confused by this, still wondering why inflation is an issue that dominates American politics and why Republicans took back the House. Because people are poorer. That's why. This is not a hard argument to figure out. Now, how do I know it's going to get worse for the Democrats? Because here's Biden now, conveniently, Joe, after the election. Now he's admitting as the numbers continue to pile up and inflation is way over the Fed target of 2%. Came in at nearly 8, 7.7. Here's Biden waits till after the election to finally admit the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah, it was all a scam. Take a listen. What I can't do is I can't guarantee that um, we're going to be able to uh, get rid of inflation, but I do think we can. Well, now he admits it. Now he admits it. Now he admits the Inflation Reduction Act may have been a dog the whole time. Shocker. I warned you. Spending trillions of dollars on, you know, cow uh, emissions from both ends. And Green New Deal programs, you thought that was going to reduce inflation? Good luck with that. Now, again, who would you rather be? Would you rather be a red elephant or a blue donkey? CNN seems really concerned about this inflation issue. Wait, I thought the Democrats had a great night on Tuesday. Here's CNN basically admitting that Biden's answers on inflation are total crap, and this ain't going to work. Check this out. He said he, he just wouldn't do anything different because, of course, our achievements take a long time to be recognized. That's insulting people. And and I don't think that was a good answer from the president. That's not me talking, man. That's not me. That's CNN. It wasn't a good answer from the president. You think? <laughs> they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer. Here, here's the worst press. Anybody changing their vote? Key, Joe, nah. Green Champion. KJP no, sucks. No, nah, awful. KJP. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's KJP. Green Champion. Here she is yesterday. Asked a question about rents, exploding rents. Of, of course, a big piece, housing services of this inflation crisis we're living in now. She has a great answer for this one. Very detailed on how they're going to fight this. Again, the best day they ever were going to have is on Tuesday. Here, take a This is a fantastic answer. Check this out. Most of the increase that we saw in inflation last month was uh, due to rising costs for shelter. Uh, President Biden's statement didn't uh, mention that. Um, what is the administration doing to contain the rampant run-up in rents right now? Of shelter specifically? So um, I don't have anything right now to share with you on that specific piece of the data. What? Uh, what? What do you mean? That, I didn't get that, it. I, I don't understand. Oh, he, he found this. I haven't seen this in Oh, yeah. that's the red flag. Red flag. Though. Under the hood for review. Let's go. review that answer. That one sucked. <laughs> you don't have, of course, you don't have an answer. Here's a website we like over at BonginoReport.com based politics. Yeah, Brad Palumbo has an article over there. More inflation data shatters Biden's economic narrative. Pieces in the newsletter today. He notes that the CPI, again, rose at 7.7% in October. That means unless you've got an 8% raise or more, your wages have actually gone down. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Americans' real weekly earnings fell by a whopping 3.7%. You're getting poorer under Biden. The best day they were going to have is on Tuesday because you are going to continue to get poorer. 
You think this is going to incentivize more people to vote Democrat? It just hasn't gotten bad enough for them yet. By the way, I'm going to cover this in a, I think, my best monologue ever on my Fox show tomorrow night at 9. Please, don't miss it. I got Anna Paulina Luna, John Radcliffe on the Elon national security situation. I got a loaded show. Please set your DVR. Had a little rough ratings last night. I think it was the uh, World Series in that LSU game. <laughs> it was a good show. We were number one in primetime, but still. I'd appreciate you helping us out there. Thank you. We love you being part of the show. Here's another, uh, this is another uh, fact, another pure fact in this, that the best day they were going to have is on Tuesday. I'd much rather be red uh, than blue right now. Biden's condition is just going to continue to deteriorate. I wish the guy the best with his health. I really do. Um, I, I don't want to see anybody suffer, but the guy's cognitive decline is getting just simply disturbing. This is just a quick clip, but. This happens a lot now, and it's, it's indicative of me of some sort of frontal lobe dementia he has. He can't seem to process information and then emit the information by speaking. Here, watch this meltdown. Biden's being a popular, a pop, a, a, a cop, Biden's being an extremist. Folks, it happens a lot. It's sad to watch, but this guy, this, none of this is going to get any better. You think this guy's going to be your candidate? Who's the backup plan? Kamala Harris? Buttigieg? Come on, give me a break. Stop that. Please stop the nonsense. What's up, Beto? Oh, yeah, he has a good point. Beto. Beto, Beto and Stacey Abrams. That'll be the ticket. Be the loser ticket. Here's another couple quick points before I get to the questions and the Trump-DeSantis situation I promised to address. Big tech is just growing weaker by the day. Elon now owns Twitter. Facebook is collapsing, folks. Look at this Axios article. Facebook's collapsing. You can't attack conservatives on your platform. Basically, the only people that use it anymore continue to just eviscerate and ban them and expect to grow. The stock lost 70% of its value this year. It's the worst performer on the S&P. The company reported second consecutive quarter year-over-year revenue declines. Facebook's finished, folks. It's done. Sounds like a real turd. You think? I can hear the crashing and burn. Big tech's power is shrinking. The best day they ever had was on Tuesday. One more point ahead. The Senate map for them coming up is absolutely brutal. It is savage. The Senate map in 2024 is awful. Don't listen to me. Listen to Politico. Senate Dems face a brutal, their words, 2024 map with at least eight undecided incumbents who may not even run again. Folks, the Democrats have to defend 23 of their seats in the next cycle. Every, every two years, uh, the third of the Senate goes up. The GOP is only defending 10. Again, this is just, this is brutal for them. Brutal. If we can get 51 to 49 and pull off Laxalt and Masters, right? Or maybe 52, uh, Walker, if we can get to that. The next cycle for them is a bloodbath. Their best day was on Tuesday. One more quick thing. You know, the globalist, uh, oh, the tax cuts and spending restraints suck. They're so bad. Look, they're so bad. We got rid of Liz Truss in the United Kingdom. We humiliated her for even proposing tax cuts. We made her resign. Ha ha. Uh, joke's on you. BBC, recession looms as UK economy starts to shrink. Wait, wait. I thought, I thought we were told when you got rid of crazy conservative Liz Truss and her tax cut spending restraint plan. I thought that I, th- I thought you guys fixed the... Fix the fix the problem. Oh, you oh you didn't. Oh, there's a recession happening. Anyway, oh okay okay. Finally, one more quick point. Joe Biden and Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania are about to crush the fracking industry and the gas industry in Pennsylvania. 
Shapiro just won the governorship of Pennsylvania. He is a radical leftist. He's about to destroy jobs in Pennsylvania. We came close in the Senate race in Pennsylvania. Horseshoes and hand grenades, though. Pennsylvania's a tough state, but I think we got a damn good shot that we could win Pennsylvania in this presidential race. Trump did it. I think we can do it again. All right, I'm going to get to your questions. Let me get to the last uh, sponsor first, and I'll address, because one of the questions is about the Trump-DeSantis thing, which happens to be the uh, news du jour today. Liquid IV. This is ripped open because it's an actual bag. You know, we use. I use liquid IV all the time. Folks, I use liquid IV for a lot of reasons. I just be straight with you. Uh, sometimes on a Saturday night, I have too much of a good time, so liquid IV comes in handy. Um, Sometimes I have a bad time, however, in the gym where I destroy myself with full body workouts that I'm telling you I could not get through without liquid IV. <laughs> it's true. It's cooler weather sometimes makes it easy to miss the signs of dehydration, like overheating or perspiration. It means it's more important than ever to keep your body really well hydrated. You operate differently hydrated. It's a fact. Liquid IV fuels your well-being with easy ways to stay hydrated, whether you're prepping for the day or taking a long-haul flight on vacation recovering from a night out, getting ready for a hard workout. Liquid IV is an essential addition to your routine. It tastes delicious. Just peel off the top and water, shake it up. It tastes delicious. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water contains five essential vitamins and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It tastes great and you feel great when you're, when you're taking it. Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. It's a great company. The date Liquid IV has donated over 25 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. It's really nice. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you shop Better Hydration at liquidiv.com. Use promo code Bongino at checkout. That's 20% off. Anything with code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O at liquidiv.com. Liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Pick it up today. It'll make a big difference. That's good stuff. Got to put this back. Don't want to waste one. All right. It's time for questions for Dan. Okay. This is at Jimbo Eagle. Hey, Dan, I stuck around New York trying to help Zeldin get elected. Am I a sucker for thinking New York State could still be saved? What are the positives that came out of Zeldin's conservative push in New York? I met Curtis Slewa on Tuesday, by the way. He told me he loves your show. Love you too, Curtis. Uh, okay. Jimbo Eagle. You did not waste your time. We picked up a bevy of congressional seats in New York, uh, which is going to dramatically change the congressional environment in New York. Uh, you got closer in a gubernatorial race than we've gotten in a long time. Uh, sadly, things will continue to get worse in New York. But I already gave you, if you listen to uh, yesterday's show and the day before, please, I go over what happened in New York when I lived there with Giuliani, where after Giuliani lost... The first time he ran, he lost. People forget that. Everybody asked the same question. What a sucker. I can't believe I stayed here. You know what happened the next election? He won. And you know what happened the election after that? He won by 17 points. So if you have to stay, listen, I always recommend people move to swing states or red states so they can get their freedoms back. But if you can't, I understand. But you didn't waste your time. You guys won. A lot of good seats there. All right. Next question. Hey, Dan. Adverses. I was wondering your thoughts on the little jabs Trump has taken at DeSantis. I think both are excellent candidates. I worry there's a divide which conservatives can't afford right now. All right, let's go through this one by one. This question is going to take a second. Just make sure you tell me what's the last question. 
than to go off a little bit. This answer is going to take a little bit. Here's uh, the statement yesterday by Donald Trump. We're not going to read the whole thing, but he came after Ron DeSantis. He made a couple points about helping him out, called him Ron DeSanctimonious. Let me say this first. Having been through a particularly vicious primary, the only one I ever lost, which was in Florida, I ran three times, won two primaries, lost one. Uh, there's nothing cute about primaries. Nothing. They are vicious. They are nasty. They are ugly. They get personal. Uh, folks, they're savage. If you're looking for cutesy time, then go get a dog. Because political primaries are ugly, and this one's going to get ugly. Trump and DeSantis. That's point number one. Point number two, for those of you who think this is going to destroy the Republican Party, can you back that up with evidence? Because I can back it up with evidence that it actually makes parties and candidates stronger. Bush McCain didn't destroy the Bush uh, chance. Bush won. Trump, Ted Cruz didn't destroy Donald Trump. Let's go to the other side of the aisle. Obama, Hillary didn't destroy Obama. Clinton versus the entire universe. Remember that race, Joe? Remember that race? Oh, sure. He was in, uh, who, there were like 30 candidates in that race. Clinton, Cuomo, Gephardt, Gore. I mean, there were like, I, I, every Democrat on planet Earth ran in that one. Bill Clinton was accused of all kinds of, shh, shh. Bill Clinton was a two-term president. You're probably saying to yourself, how is that? How is it these primaries can air all this dirty laundry about candidates like, DeSantis and Trump going after each other and they come out stronger. Because folks, by the time you get to the general, the dirty laundry's already been aired. It's already baked into the cake. So, number one, primaries are ugly. Number two, ugly primaries do not mean we're going to lose. Matter of fact, I'd argue the opposite. Couple other points on this. On the specific statement about DeSantis. Listen, the timing wasn't great. I wish it wouldn't have come out yesterday. All right. Uh, he's my guy. I love him. And I say that because I love him. But the Senate's still at stake here. And voters right now need to focus. We don't have a primary going on right now. We have a Senate election in Georgia, December 6th. That could very well determine a six-year Senate seat in a swing state of Georgia. And could very well determine the future of the United States Senate. There's no time right now. There's no time right now. It's just a hard reality. We need to focus on that right now. The Laxalt race is still out there. Carrie Lake's race is still out there. Kelly's race is still out there. We've got at least, I think, seven or eight congressional races, maybe more, that are still out there. The timing wasn't great. But here are some facts. I want to address the statement. Donald Trump did help Ron DeSantis dramatically win that race. I, was, I campaigned hard for Ron DeSantis. Go look at my Instagram. The pictures are out there. Hard. Me, Mark Levin, Don Jr., everyone. Donald Trump campaigned hard for Ron DeSantis, too. Ron DeSantis uh, only beat Adam Putnam in that race, probably because of the Trump endorsement. And I think Ron DeSantis would acknowledge that. Another fact, Florida trending deep red started with Donald Trump, who won the state twice and won the second time, at least in a presidential election, in dramatic fashion. But here's another fact. Ron DeSantis is not an average governor. He's an excellent governor. And he took what Donald Trump started and ran with it in the state of Florida. Those are both facts. Those are inarguable facts. And the numbers speak for themselves. There is a new majority in Florida. It started with Donald Trump. DeSantis took that horse, got on it, and rode that thing to the Belmont Stakes finish line. 
Here's one other part of this. Here's my recommendation to both guys right now, if it matters. The best approach right now is to slow down. Everybody just slow down. There is no rush. There will be more than enough time to attack each other. You can attack each other's records, argue over who the most conservative is. I told you, it's not going to it's not going to hurt them. It's not. Trump already went through a vicious primary and won. Obama went through one of the nastiest primaries ever with Hillary Clinton. He went on to be a two-term president. But this isn't the time. Slow down. It's about the party now. Be a a a, a be a, a, voters want to see you as a generous giving candidate when it comes to the issues. They don't want to see you as a mercenary. It's about Georgia. It's about Nevada and Arizona right now. It's not about the presidential in 2024. I mean, one final, I know this is like the longest answer ever, but avoid the personal stuff. A lot of people love Ron DeSantis and Trump. This is one of the few scenarios in politics. that isn't zero sum voting is, If they run against each other, you're going to have to pick one or the other. That's zero sum. But believe me when I tell you, because I'm down here in Florida and nobody loves President Trump and what he did more than me. I see it both ways. Because you are pro-Trump does not mean you are anti-DeSantis. And because you are pro-DeSantis does not mean you're anti-Trump. I say that because the making this personal it's going to be a big mistake for the first side that does it. a huge mistake. I'm telling you right now, it's going to alienate a lot of people. Please don't doubt me. I, nobody talks to more activists, radio hosts, TV hosts. I, mean, I have a podcast. I talk to podcast people. I have a radio show. I'm friends with them. I have a Fox show where we're all buddies. It is a big, big mistake. Trust me. You're going to alienate a lot of people. The first one that makes this personal. Now I said it. Longest answer ever. Next question. Thanks for your perspective on the elections this week. We've been looking at the House, Senate, and Governor results. I was wondering if there are any data on trends in the various state and local elections across the country. At uh, Jidder. Uh, yes, there are. I gave you those national numbers that came in across the House. Uh, state and local elections. I've been trying to cover North Carolina was a blowout for the Republicans. They took back uh, the, the State House. Excuse me, the Supreme Court. Uh, they won the Senate seat down there. Uh, There were a number of flips in New York. So, yeah, there are data. You just got to look it up state by state. New York election results. Maryland may flip six. We'll see. Um, Not looking great right now. Uh, The congressional district six I ran in. But we'll see what happens there. At Cozy Sophie. Hope you're cozy, Sophie. You mentioned that new blood, although good candidates, made mistakes in their first run for office. Can you mention a few and how to fix them for those of us who are still considering tossing our hat in the ring? This is a great question, be it local, state, or federal. I don't say that unless I mean it, by the way. Uh, you know how uh, a lot of times, like on TV, oh, it's a great question. They say that all the time. I think it's just to fill time. Let's use the Oz race. And some mistakes he may have made. It's not to pile on Oz. It's just a race that was really um, winnable, but I think failed to pull through in the end. If you are going to be attacked with a label and millions of dollars in ad buys, whatever that label is, you better reframe it quick. If you ignore it and you let it sit, it's going to become calcified and with rebar in it. And that's it. You're never going to be able to move it. Let me give you an example. Early on, the Fetterman campaign knew they had a weakness in Oz and that he was from out of state. They were going to paint him as a carpetbagger. Joe, you remember my race? That happened to me. Huh? Yeah, I do. In Maryland. Remember that? I wasn't, I didn't live in the congressional district. I ran it. Right. Either time. You don't have to. You want to run? Go ahead and run. You don't have to live there. 
So I used to make a point in that election of saying, oh, you know, that's fascinating. You know, my opponent here is rarely, if ever, seen Western Maryland in the mountains of Maryland. He lives in Montgomery County and he's talking about me out of district. This guy's out of his mind. You have to reframe it immediately. They tried to frame him as a carpetbagger, as an out-of-state guy. And Oz should have immediately said, you know what? You're right. I've had jobs. I've had to move around. Here's my attachment to PA and why I care. And here's why me being out of state maybe this amount of time, but in state this amount of time, matters to you. Because now that I'm here on the ground and seeing the disaster John Fetterman caused, and he didn't do any of that. He didn't reframe it. He should have reframed it immediately, used it, and done kind of a counterstrike. My second piece of advice, the, uh, the, uh, the elitist narrative. Listen, I told uh, their team this myself. They painted Oz as, a, as an elitist. Early on, they should have got out the kind of a Hope Arkansas ad that Bill Clinton did. We're like, elitist? I worked my ass off in medical school and everything else to get a real job to save people's lives. I'm the elitist, you punk, you goatee-wearing loser, Carhartt-wearing zero. Okay, maybe not that harsh of a language. I'm hyperbolic, but you get the point. Daddy gave you a job and you bought your house from your sister for a dollar, and I'm an elite. At least I worked for my money. Didn't happen till late in the game. They kind of pussyfooted around a little bit. They should have gotten ugly on that quick and reframed it. They didn't. Big mistake. If they're going to hit you with something, you know it's going to sting. Yeah, Oz isn't the you know longest Pennsylvania resident. And yeah, Oz does have a lot of money. You better find a way to reframe it and use it to counterattack. That way they hesitate to do it again. Hey, Dan, at Noel underscore Marin. Kevin McCarthy wants to be Speaker of the House, but he's getting some pushback. Who do you think would be a good uh, GOP fit for the job? Listen, it, I think it'd be Jim Jordan, but the hard reality is that they got to run. Uh, you, you can't pick a candidate who's not running. You remember Lyndon Johnson, Joe? If nominated, I will not accept. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to accept it. You got to pick someone. And the hard reality is no one want you know, for as much, the best the GOP can do right now because they don't have um, uh, someone in there who's eagerly wants it is use the Freedom Caucus to get concessions from McCarthy on chairmanships and right to vacate where they can remove McCarthy at any time. That's the best they think they can do right now. But that's a lot. Believe me, that's a lot. That's how they got rid of Boehner on that motion to vacate. Hey, Dan, that's Swamp Facts. Swamp Facts. What could be done to push the Florida election process model the rest of the country? Hey, I just went over that before. Carrie Lake and Democrats and Republicans get in there. Uh, if Lombardo gets in there in Nevada, then you better get on the phone with DeSantis ASAP and clean it up. It's that simple. It's no more difficult than that. At Tidal Wave Dave. Hey, Dan, with Democrat governors in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and Dems seemingly strong in those states, how is it possible to win the presidency in 2024? It's not only possible, it's not even that hard. Say, this is not true, by the way. Wisconsin actually had some good Republican victories. They lost the governor's race. It wasn't the greatest day, but Ron Johnson's back. Wisconsin was not a bloodbath at all. Wisconsin was a 50-50 state. Wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Michigan was a disaster. Pennsylvania, a total disaster. But folks, the path to 270. If we pull Arizona, I wrote this down. If we can make Arizona, we win to Kerry Lake, a blood red state. Florida's already there. So is Ohio. Georgia's going there. North Carolina's going there. And we can do something about Michigan and start to turn that around. The Democrats have no mathematical path to victory at all. None. We need to get Wisconsin or Michigan or some of these other states turned around. It, it, it's not even that hard to do. The math is there. 
Trump showed it in 20, uh, 2016. Tell fair, abortion turned out to be a bigger deal with younger women voters. How should Republicans address this demographic going into 2024? I told you, we got to talk about it. Stop being afraid. Republicans run from this issue because they're so afraid of being like Todd Akin or something. Folks, defending life, you should be proud of that. Take that shield and charge that battle line. Exterminating human life in the womb is not some sign of nobility or honor. Stop running from it. Explain to them the horror of what this thing really is. And we have to be there to help single mothers too. And people who are victims of horrors like rape and incest. It's not just good enough to say, yes, we'd like you to preserve that human life. What are we going to do afterwards? We have to talk about that too. California refugee. Hey, Dan, how's Lucy reacting to the hurricane? I hope whatever damage you have won't involve beeping backup trucks. Lucy had, I told you, zero problems with the hurricane. She doesn't care about storms. It's the weirdest thing. It's just beeping trucks. She had no, she didn't care at all. Lucy, we didn't even have to use one of those like vests, those tight vests they put her. She was great. It's a cute dog, man. I don't know her. At Love My Lightning. Last question. I've always wondered why at the end of your podcast on Friday, there's a sound clip that says, Good day, sir. We've asked this before. Any special meaning behind it? Love what you do. Joe? Yeah. The good day, sir, again, please. Where'd that come from? Well, you know, a long time ago, you heard that and you said to me, maybe we should use that as a sign-off kind of a thing, a signature thing. So I said, well, not every day, but how about Fridays? And you said, dig it, bro. And that's where there we are. Mm -hmm. There's Joe. And that's from Willy Wonka, right? So, yeah. good day, sir. Yes. So there you go. Joe Armacost, producer extraordinaire. That was... uh him and me, I guess, working together to figure something yeah. out to let you know the week is over. Right. Which it now is. So a couple of quick favors. Uh, again, to our veterans, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, your service to this country is so admirable. You are people of honor, and we have so much respect for you here on this show, all of us. Uh, my show is on Unfiltered tomorrow night. My monologue is going to be about it's not bad enough yet. We're going to walk through each thing, right? Then I got John Ratcliffe on. I've got uh, Anna Paulina Luna, major upset in Florida. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Set your DVR and filter tomorrow night at nine. Please don't miss it. And if you wouldn't mind subscribing to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.